listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Modern Parables. My name is Tyler Sanders, joined as always by my stylish and good-looking co-hosts, Noah and Isaac. Wow. Mm, that's both of us. <laughs> Except one of I'm us happy. looks like a chicken. Oh, my gosh. Back on this. <laughs> of course. What's oh. up, toenails for teeth? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my Over there. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Ski slow. Over there, man. <laughs> Got triple diamond on the snow. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> well... <laughs> And the same night, all of these names just just came out, and that's why we all have these names. It was oh insane. Was it uh, Grant Armstrong there too? Grant Armstrong. Man. I was calling that man like Little Stewart or whatever that, that Stuart Little. Stuart no, no, Little, no, no. whatever he's, it was. He's Lord Farquaad. Oh my God! Okay, all right. We have a guest on Modern <laughs> Parables. <laughs> a guest that, if you are a listener of Coffee and Calling from season one, you will know this individual as. The original host, we have Dan, the man, Danimals, Wetlore. Yo. Welcome, Dan. It's good to have you back. Man, Danimals. it's good to be back. You know, and if you did listen to those first episodes, man, the second season, I know you've been given those. Four. Sorry they were so long. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> man, like That's great, rough. great stuff. That's but tough. Noah and Isaac, guys, I'd be listening to you guys. I'm just like, man, this is just good, compact <laughs> stuff. And I go and listen to me and Griff, and we, we were out there, you know, first podcast, but I was like, we just kept talking, man. <laughs> so if Dude, you want to bear really... the first season, if you got like three hours, you know. Yeah, you could skip the first season. Yeah, if you got two hours, you can okay, listen to Dan okay. and his dad talk on Coffee and Calling. <laughs> that... The longest hey. episode to date. Hey, that's a legendary. That's He's talking about my dad. Tyler? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, man. All right. You should know. He's you a, can't talk about his dad like he's that. a legend. He is a legend. He spent three hours talking to us before the podcast started recording, and then talked for three yes, hours. Yes, it was so good. It was so good. All right, but Dan, tell tell the people at home a little bit about what you're doing now and what you've done in the past. Um, what I'm doing right now is I'm a youth resident at Keystone Church in uh, Saline, Michigan. Uh, the youth group is called uh, Luminate Student Ministries. Um, yeah, it. Uh, my role is pretty much there's a head uh, youth pastor and like the director of family ministries, which is Matthew Roberts. And then we have a middle school pastor named Aaron. Um, and I kind of work under both of them and I'm assigned roles based off of pretty much like a catch all. Like that's a lack of a better word, but they really help. They really guide me in writing content, mm. teaching, preaching, uh, pastoral care, um, pretty much all of the things that has to do with youth ministry, I get to kind of like step into what they're doing um, and learn from them and kind of have a backseat to this really cool um, ministry. Sweet. So, mm, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Dan, we're excited to have you on the show. What uh, scripture did you bring for us today? <clears throat> um, let me pull it up real quick for us. Right quick. Right quick with your broken phone. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you... 
So I want to tell you all this. I didn't know that if you dropped an iPhone, suddenly part of the screen could go black. I don't know if anybody's seeing that. <laughs> I've been so, so I'm broke, by the way. So like if you're a youth resident, you know, I work at Planet Fitness, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, we had it. So I'm getting the upgrade, but not for a while. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get Apple Care, my friend. Oh, my God. Because it'd be 29 bucks to fix that. 29 bucks? But how much do you pay per month? Uh, you pay depending on what iPhone model you get. It's seven ninety nine seven ninety nine a month. Seven ninety. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, and so then it's twenty nine dollars for every time you break your screen. That's pretty good. That's it. So you should and then, break it. And then I drop. I dropped my phone off the roof. It was bent in half. Screen was shattered. Could, did not work at all. Ninety nine bucks. I got a brand new iPhone sent in the mail. Dang. Apple Care. Not sponsored by Apple, but Apple. If you want to, <laughs> hit me up, baby. No. <laughs> All right. Goodness. What is this passage? Dan, where, where are you going? So we're going to Ephesians 5, mm. boys. So get mm. get your books open. Get your swords open. Ephesians 5, what verses? Oh, my gosh. So the, the church my dad used to pastor at, legit, he came in. He came in one day, and a and an old preacher of the church came in and was like, yo, can I preach a sermon today? Like, he hadn't been there in, like, 15 years. And he just walked in with the bulls and said, hey, yo, can I preach? <laughs> And my dad was like, sure. And the first thing what? he said, yeah, I know. It was what? crazy. First thing he says when he gets up there is like, all right, now if you want to pull out your swords. It was- <laughs> I'll never forget. I was on campus, man. And this this girl was walking through Noggle and she dropped her Bible and she goes, oh, no, my sword. And I, I just remember going, I was like, that is the best thing I will ever see in my life. That oh is the most christian my sword. She didn't even know I was there. So this was like, oh, this was an individual. This was in a, like, this was by herself. And I was like, man, precious. She doesn't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right, Ephesians 5, what were you reading? But verse. Uh, verse 8 through... Uh, uh, 14. All right, let's go. All right. Would you read it for us? Yeah, of course. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is what it is said. Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. All right. Holy cow. All right. Who's got something for this? I do have a thought. Oh, just one? <clears throat> I know. Just right one off thought. the cuff, man. <laughs> I know. I mean... I do this all the time, I guess, right? <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, he has this whole passage highlighted. Yeah. Just letting you know. <laughs> when you don't know what's a highlight, you just highlight all of it and say, yeah, it's just, this is good stuff. Wow, he's really holy. <laughs> but Does it say holy it cow holy right cow. there? Yeah, it says holy cow. <laughs> Amen. When I'm reading through this, man, this stuff is good. <laughs> Anyways, now that I'm getting roasted about my individual devotional time with the Lord, um... I was, whenever Dan was reading that, it was mm-hmm. talking about, like, walking the light, and then when you walk in darkness, it's it's not fruitful at all. And it, it reminded me, we were talking in class about how sin in and of itself is the anti-reward, mm. right? Like, sin itself is what separates us. Sin itself is, we're, we're, the reward we're going to get is not what we're 
thinking, right? That's yeah. the lie Satan will throw at us. And that's what this passage reminded me of. Like when we walk in the light, that is the reward. When we walk in the darkness, sin results in something that's not. You know, it, it mm. cloaks itself mm -hmm. as something that's beautiful and beneficial, but yeah. it's really not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so <clears throat> mine talks about walking as children of light. And something that immediately came to mind is cops are trained to be able to tell if somebody's walking funny. Mm. Like they got something stuffed in places they should not. Does that make sense? Or if got they're you. drunk. Well, That's just, I, I, mean, I can yeah. see that. But like, I'm not but, trained. But like I can see that. If somebody's got, what like, you know about walking drunk? <laughs> drunk takes one to know one. If so, if 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 somebody has a concealed firearm in their waistband and they're not supposed mm -hmm. to, or if they got drugs in their pants, mm -hmm. right? Cops are trained to be able to look at somebody and just by their walk know whether or not they need to investigate further with that individual, mm -hmm. and so. You can either be walking in the light or in the dark, and people are going to notice mm -hmm. which one you're walking in. That's They're going to be able mm -hmm. to tell. That's good. Yeah. Um, where I went with this is I love the concept of light, right? We're brought into the light. We're called to be the light of the world, uh, mm. coming out of the darkness. Yeah. One thing, I mean, this is beautiful. Like, I love what you're talking about, how just darkness and sin is the anti reward. That in of itself is bad. It's mm -hmm. not like it just leads to death. It itself, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. is wrong. Right. It's not good. Um, but when you spend a lot of time in the darkness and then the light comes on, mm. it's kind of painful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yes. when you're sleeping and it's pitch black and then the light gets thrown, you just, it takes you a second. Mm -hmm. it, it's shocking and all these things. And then you start to see everything. And I think in our lives when the light comes on, mm -hmm. it can be very shocking um, and sometimes painful, but it's good. But you start to realize all the things. Oh, I tripped over that last night. That's what I tripped over. That's yeah. what I hit my foot on. That's what I stumbled over. And so the light begins to show us the things that we that we stumble on. Mm -hmm. And then I what I love is how it says, uh, but when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything mm -hmm. that becomes visible is light. Mm. Yep. And so I think of also sin. Mm -hmm. When you confess it and bring it to the light, yep. it becomes light. Mm -hmm. And so let those things become light. Don't let them fester in the darkness and grow. Bang. It has to come to the light. Bang. Yeah. Mm. What do you say, Pastor Dan? Pastor Dan. <laughs> so I, th this passage, I chose it because actually for like, this is our passage for our youth ministry. So mm. as Luminate, like we are, our like quote is that we want students to be the light of Christ in every situation. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've sat with this passage a lot. And um, the one thing I'll say is that the the analogy that always comes back to me is that I didn't even read this book before I even thought about this, but this book has helped out so much, but it's called My Heart, Your Home. And it's a book that articulates inviting Jesus into your heart, but seeing it as a house and all the mm. different rooms that you go into. Ooh. And I I said this when I, I preached a sermon on 1 John, which is also a verse where it talks about us being children of the light. Mm -hmm. And that's also where you see the thing like, confess your sins for he is faithful. Mm. Um, within him, there can be no darkness. Um and I, I use this analogy of how, you know, growing up, like anytime the parents, uh, like uh, families coming over or guests are coming over, like you clean the house. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like yep. my mom, like we were dusting 
everything. Mm-hmm. Like there was like top shelves that I'm like, no one's gonna see this. Like, what are we <laughs> under the bed? No one's <laughs> going there. Your grandmother's gonna know. <laughs> like, just say that. Like, Facts. we're just cleaning. We're doing all these different things. But there was always this one like catch-all closet that was like the last doll. Like all the stuff that we didn't want anybody seeing. Old decorations. It's normally like I could just like everybody's got this like basement mm-hmm. room where it's like all like the old decorations that nobody likes, or it's just like broken things that. You're just too lazy to go throw away at some garbage can. And you're just like, you know, I'm just going to throw all of this, in a sense, crap. I'm just going to put it into here. And when you tour someone of your house, you don't show them that room. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. T- because you're like, man, I want to show them all the rooms I've cleaned up, yeah. all the rooms I've put into order. And we try to control what lights God turns on in our house. So what rooms he walks into. But mm-hmm. when you read this passage and he gets that we are children of light, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And as children of the light, like you said, Isaac, Jesus is going to, when you invite Jesus into your life, we think like, man, I'm okay with Jesus stepping into these areas. I'm okay with he turning these lights on in this room because I got this in order. But Jesus is going to literally just be like, show me the room you don't want anybody else to see. Mm -hmm. And let me turn the light on in there. Let me help clean some of that crap up. Mm -hmm. Let me start pulling things together and sh- did you know this was still here yeah because that's another thing i think of like we forget what's in that room and jesus sometimes True. will pick something up but do you remember this mm. you'll be like oh i haven't seen that in years mm. yeah but it was still mm. taking up space in your heart wow Shoot. have so, you that good. that makes me think of mansion with nf shout out nf mm. hey yo with that, that new, new song, song though oh, oh my god did you see, did you see said, the music video he said, he said, he said, he said at the end time to take the Rains. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, did you shoot. watch the movie? Yeah, bro. Yeah, it was literally a cinematic experience. Like I had to, I watched it four times. In one I've night. watched it probably twenty times, Dang, dude. Man, listening to people. Ain't that sun? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so hard. good. Well, yeah. thank you so much for bringing that scripture. It's uh, it's good to hear uh, mm-hmm. that and that simple truth. Mm-hmm. Just to be reminded mm-hmm. that we are the light. That the mm-hmm. Lord has brought us to the light. We Come we on. no longer live in darkness. So praise God nope, for that. Nope, nope. But. If this is your first time or you have been listening to this podcast on Modern Parables, you know that we we start with Scripture to root ourselves in you. the Word. And then we uh. go to the random topic generator. So what will happen is a random topic will be up on the screen and we will take turns. Whoever has it first will hit this red buzzer that we have to give a sermon illustration. You. Here we go. So Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. without further ado, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Stop. Oh my goodness. Wait, oh, what's wait, that wait, 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 wait. Oh, it's not even. That's quality. That's quality. <laughs> That's quality. All right. Tattoos. Uh-oh. Man. All right. Do you have any? Yeah. <laughs> I have. I'm, I'm a sinner, but I have three. So I have one on my forearm. I don't know. Which wait, you got one on your forearm? Yeah, right. The. Okay, okay. So. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> really? What's crazy about this one? So the one that's on my forearm actually is perseverance in Greek. Mm. Um. And when we read Romans and it talks about that when we go through trials and when we go through suffering, it produces perseverance. And that perseverance produces a character and that character Mm -hmm. produces hope. When we come into a relationship with Christ, we are then imprinted. We are then imprinted Mm -hmm. and reminded of our identity in Christ. And we wear our, like literally like they will know you are Christians by your love. Mm. There's certain things that when you see somebody, it's almost like a tattoo on your heart. Like literally I'm writing and I'm declaring like anytime you put like a tattoo on yourself, um, it's something that you're like, you know, I think this is so worthy to be on my body for the rest of my life. Mm. 
And when you come into a relationship with Christ, you are taking on and saying like, Jesus is worthy to be the marker of what people see in me for the mm. rest of my life. Wow. Like when people are like, what does that tattoo mean? People go, why do you act like mm. that? Mm. Why do you do that? And I think mm. also tattoos are these beautiful, it, uh, no matter how you view tattoos, um, like these, there are these beautiful imprints of like art, creativity, but it takes some pain to get it on there. Mm -hmm. And for you to people to look at you and ask the questions like, what's about this? Like, what's about that? You're going to have to go through like some suffering because it's going to produce a character that's going to mm, really show people. So like, yeah, that's good. Dang. Oh, so I, I got my first tattoo about a year and like three months ago. And from then on, I have six now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, addiction. Yeah, it's addiction. <laughs> I need, I need help. <laughs> no. But one thing that you said that I love that you talk about is when people ask me, do tattoos hurt? I'm like, yeah, they hurt. Are you yeah. kidding me? Like, <laughs> it's literally a needle. That's what I'm saying. Over and over and over again. But I do tell them it's different. <laughs> it is. And not just the sense of what pain it is, because it's different. It's like a numbing pain, annoying, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But it's different, too, because I know that the finished work is going to be worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That there's something that I am waiting for. So I'll go through the pain because I know it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like... For us, you know, considering it pure joy when we go through trials, as James mm. says, and we go through pain, it's not fun. The process isn't fun. Mm. But there is a end product. There's a finished product that I'm looking forward to that gives me joy in the moment. That yep. I can withstand the pain and all that I'm going through because I know what is to come. That there will actually mm. be this finished project product in what you talk about. Perseverance, yeah. right? Mature Christians mm -hmm. in, in perfection. Um, then the other thing. I low-key have, like, this annoyance with people that the, the reason they get tattoos is this. Oh, so when people ask me about it, I can share the gospel with them. <laughs> because I, I think that's cool. Don't, give me, don't hear yeah, me saying, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want you to have any way of sharing the gospel. But the problem is then it's, then it's the other person's responsibility the other person's responsibility to initiate the conversation yeah because mm -hmm. if i have this tattoo i have it right here i'm doing my job because if they see it then they'll ask no i argue like as visible as the mm -hmm. tattoo is so should our lives be visible with the with the spirit of god living inside of us mm -hmm. right comparing it to as people get drunk on why no be filled with the spirit you know as we were talking about before it's mm -hmm. easy to tell when people are drunk yeah mm -hmm. Yeah. It should be easy to tell when somebody's filled with the spirit. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yeah. And so it should be as visible as a tattoo on your skin. That's good. That's I'm going to go, get, I'm gonna go get my tattoo removed because that's why I got tattoos. <laughs> 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 all right. So, all right. So what I thought of talking about tattoos is, you know, besides the Christian, like, oh, you can't get tattoos because it's in the Bible, right? The <laughs> other one, the other typical thing is, well, when you get old, your tattoos are going to look all old and saggy like you, right? Oh. And so it's going to distort, it's going to distort the tattoo. But I, I have actually seen different interviews with people who have gotten tattoos when they were really young. So like in the 80s, there was this guy, I forget the interview who it was, but in the 80s, he got like sleeves of tattoos. So he's got mm -hmm. tattoos all over yeah. his body. And now it's 2020 and he's being interviewed. And it's like, so, hey, man, do you regret any of these tattoos and stuff? It's like, it's like, dude, look at these. Everybody said that when I got older, these tattoos were going to look saggy, droopy, dull, all that. 
no man they're still just as vibrant just as lively mm, yeah mm. and i think speaking of old in the church so often we take the elders of the church we take those who are uh in their fourth quarter of life, if I can use that terminology that we we learned on a Kern retreat one time, if they're in the fourth quarter of life, they are tossed aside, Mm -hmm. especially in the church of the 21st century. Mm -hmm. We don't care for and love on our shut-ins, those that can't make it to church. Those are too old to come to church. Those that have dedicated their lives to loving others and loving the Lord, Mm -hmm. and now they are ostracized yeah but they are just as beautiful and life-giving as they were when they were first young wow i love that you said that because my so i i lead the high school guys small group like the senior and juniors my co-small group leader is an 80 year old man named Mm, mick that is so cool dude i and he he is amazing i just remember like the old people that poured into my lives Mm. and continued to be there and i'm sure there were times where i was such a jerk, annoying little kid. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yes. When you have that arrogance and that ignorance to just be like, what do you have to teach me? Mm, uh-huh. And then you realize, oh, they got a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot yes. to teach me. So or good. like when you realize your parents actually do have wisdom to like oh share. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was like, oh, you guys actually do know yeah, what you're you talking got a about point. a little bit. <laughs> and then your pride's too large to admit it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll bring us home. I was thinking about how, so I'm about to get my first tattoo mm, in the he's summer. Join the so club. Hannah and I like booked. It's going to be Hannah's face. No, 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 oh. no. Like as a tramp stamp. Instead of doing like regular Christmas presents, we just said, we'll just, do, we'll just go get a tattoo. Like whatever yeah. we want. But like she's been wanting one. And I was like, well, I'll go with you to, to get one as well. Because nice. she was like nervous to do it by herself. Right. But I think that's the point, right? Like the first tattoo, I, I, don't, I haven't got one yet. I would assume is decently nerve wracking. Like, you have to go up there, decide something that you hopefully are going to like, realizing this is going to be on me forever. And you're like, well, I'm also paying a decent amount of money to do this. Like, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not a small sacrifice. Yeah. And it reminded me of like when God calls us to do something little, like sometimes it seems super, like it's challenging. Like, yeah. It, it, it makes your heart race and you're not like, oh, I don't, I don't know, God, like, can I go talk to that person and ask how they're doing? Like, that's so nerve wracking, right? But like, mm-hmm. now Isaac's gotten six tattoos, right? Now it's like, an, it's not an addiction, but he likes, he likes doing it. He wants to go back and keep doing it more, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd I go think... get one today. I'll come up with something. <laughs> well, you have to just complete the fruit of the spirit, exactly. you know, all over. But I think it's the same way that uh, the Lord calls us. Like we, we get one, we, we, God calls to mm-hmm. do something and we answer. Yeah. And he gets us another one and then yeah. we do it. We get another one, right? Charlie says, um, ordinary acts of obedience will eventually lead to the extraordinary. Yeah. Right? Like, it, the the small things don't always mean something, but they lead to something. That's good. And yeah. especially greater faith. So that's, that's on. my tattoo illustration. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. I know. We're going to stay on tattoos forever. <laughs> we have one, but some, one topic. Something I thought of, you know, with first tattoos, a lot of times people get no no regrets mm-hmm. some and they always get it spelled wrong oh yeah <laughs> regrets yeah right Regurts. but there are a lot of bad tattoo artists out there like that don't know how to draw they don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. so you get this really ugly distorted looking like not what you envisioned for your first tattoo or even your mm-hmm. second tattoo so what do you eventually do a few years later you get it covered up mm-hmm. okay and you find the best mm-hmm. tattoo artist you could possibly find to cover that up mm-hmm. because 
he has to make that thing completely disappear and make something new out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think you can yeah. kind of get where yeah. I'm going with exactly. this. It's the old is gone and the new is come. Exactly. And I mean, with tattoos, it this statement's so true, tattoos. You pay for what you get. Yeah. It's yep. true. It is so true. Like with tattoos, something that's gonna be on your forever. Don't be afraid to pay some money for that because you're paying for the artist who is good mm -hmm. at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know people who have paid really cheap stuff and like is not good at all. It's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But like count the cost. Mm -hmm. You want the real thing, it's gonna count. Yeah. It's gonna cost a lot. True. It's gonna Dang. cost your True. life. Yeah, that's and so facts. it's not cheap grace. Mm-hmm. But all right, all right. We've we, destroyed tattoos. We've beat it. We didn't want to get death. into the theological issue because uh some of you guys might think they're wrong, but Jesus is coming back with the tattoo. That's all I'm saying. Hey, well, friends, tattoos are cool. <laughs> Lord of Lords, King of Kings on his thigh. Oh, amen. That's right. Revelation. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to the next one. And stop. Oh, all right. All right, guys. Did you guys God. don't know you're as a professional? He's a professional frisbee golf player. Disc golfer. <laughs> ultimate, frisbee ultimate frisbee is completely different. It's that completely different. Yeah, I'm really trying to is. think about yeah. um, it's legit though. It is, and it's intense. It takes yeah. a lot of running, and it can be really frustrating. Yeah, what do you got, man? This is this is going to be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Okay, I was at the Colts Bucks preseason game this past season, where I got to see Tom Brady throw three passes before he sat the rest of the game. <laughs> but at halftime, they legit played an ultimate frisbee game for our yep. halftime entertainment, mm -hmm. and they. Hucked it. Mm -hmm. It was such a good thing to watch. Um, and I think where I'm going with this is sometimes you sign up to see one thing and you end up seeing something completely different, sometimes mm -hmm. better than what you're actually there to see. And sometimes Jesus will encounter us in spaces and places where we didn't expect him to, but we're absolutely blown away by how he does show up. Amen. Amen. Oh, that's quality. I do have something. Yeah, uh, glad. When I played Ultimate Frisbee freshman year of college, I had played mm -hmm. disc golf for quite some mm -hmm. time. And when I went and made the, trans the, the transition to Ultimate Frisbee, I actually didn't throw the disc super well because it's a very different throw. It is. It's a different mm -hmm. mechanic. Isaac went and played disc golf with me a couple weeks ago. It's very different than Ultimate. And you can tell by the way the disc would fly. Mm -hmm. It flies mm -hmm. different. Right, and ultra frisbee, you more a little more wrist action, yep. not arm. And disc golf, it's a it's a big arm movement, and so I think it applies to like when we walk along somebody alongside somebody in discipleship, the same blueprint you use for one person may not transfer the next person. It's good. Mm -hmm. Like you have to contextualize what you are doing yeah. for the individual, mm -hmm. That's because mm -hmm. some people are way more mature than you think, and you're gonna come out with like very basic and superficial stuff, and they're like, mm -hmm. dude, I already know this. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I think with Ultimate Frisbee, it's a big-time team sport in this sense. Like, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's different than football in yeah. the way that you can you can catch the ball, or like in mm -hmm. this sense of the Frisbee, right? With football, when you catch the ball, you can keep running. Forever. Yeah. And yeah. once you get it, you could score the touchdown. You could mm -hmm. do all the work. Yeah. But once you catch the Frisbee, you have to stop and then pass Come it along. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times in our lives, in ministry, in the church with other people, we have to be okay with passing along and not being the one who scores all the time. But mm -hmm. But obviously, you play a part in it. I yeah. catch the frisbee, I throw it, I run, mm -hmm. all these things, but I may not be the one that gets yeah, the touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like so it. it's a team sport, mm -hmm. just as the church is a team, is a body. Yeah. Mm. Bang. That's quality. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, 
For me, there's two big positions in all. I played ultimate frisbee too while I was here at Iwu. Me and Noah were on the same team, and yep. uh, there's two big positions in when it comes to the offense. There's handlers and then there's cutters. Yep. Mm. So a handler is someone that's majority of the time throwing the disc, um, and a cutter is someone that's honestly making some type of move to get open so they can catch the disc. Most of the time, they're throwing small passes, um, rarely hucking unless there's a certain like stall count. So like if you if they, the person defending you will count a certain stall. Mm. And then like, if they get to 10 before you throw it, then you lose the possession. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll tell you this is that there are things in ministry as, um, Isaac was talking about with working as a team is that you need to know what each other are really good at, but everybody needs to try to be skilled at everything on the field. So this is what I'll say to that is that there are certain talents and gifts that we all have. There are certain things where it's like, Hey, no man, like this guy is a really good gift for communicating and preaching, or, um, this guy is a really good gift for counseling people, or she might have a really good also ability to be able to, um, uh, get onto a, a sermon and be able to say the deepest theological things and make it sound so simple. And somebody might be able to make the most practical things convey you so deeply. Mm. Um, we all have different talents. We all have different things that we're good at, but everybody on the field should know how to throw the disc. Mm-hmm. And when we're as ministers or whatever workplace you're in, um, you can't just be like, well, they're the handler, so I don't know how to throw. Mm. But at what, some point, you're going to have to throw the disc. At some point, you're going to have to preach that sermon. Mm -hmm. At some point, you're going to have to minister to that person. And just saying somebody else will take care of it, you're putting God in a box. Jeez. And you're saying like, hey, man, like, you're not going to give me that task. Mm -hmm. And just a small thing, there was one time that I was stuck in a situation where I was going to go install 10, and I didn't know what to do with the disc. So I just like hucked it. And I remember all I did was I do did what I was trained to do. And I sat there and I said, when they told you, said, if you get to stall 10, just try to make a pass and see what happens. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. It wasn't perfect. But somehow it landed in the hands of Noah year <laughs> out. And I'll never forget, we won that one. And everybody's cheering. And I'm just sitting there amazed at what just happened. But the only reason that happened, if I had not known how to throw the disc, if I had never been taught, if I had never been skilled mm. to do that, I wouldn't even be able to get that disc off. So in the same way, we're going to be in situations where it's like, I don't know. And it might not be pretty. It might be perfect. You might even drop the disc. It might not even work out. But you still have tried to get better. And you've tried to be foreign to where like, I'm not the most gifted at this, but I know I'm going to need to use it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's cool. It's good. We have time for one speed round. One speed speed round. round. All right, let's go. Here we go. Stop. Coffee beans. Coffee beans. (laughs) Coffee sucks. Yep. <laughs> Facts. That's it. What? <laughs> like Satan. There it is. <laughs> there we go. There we go. You just can't take the bitterness, man. That's ex- <laughs> oh, there's the sermon illustration. Right there. Yeah. What? Coffee beans, right? They're they're grinded, right? Yes. They're well, grinded, not all so of they the go, ground. Okay, so they go through a grueling process. Yes. Of being to make grinded. something sweet and beautiful. Yeah. Oh, awesome. that's good. Yeah, it is. Go for it. Um. 
every coffee needs every coffee when it's grounded and then it's turned into coffee when the water is pointed in, it needs a great filter. If the filter is faulty, then the coffee will suck. It'll be clumpy and it Ooh. won't taste good. So guess what? Even if you have the best coffee, if it doesn't have a good filter, it won't be good. That's good. That's facts. Uh, the beans make a difference in the taste. Good mm-hmm. beans, good coffee. Bad beans, bad coffee. Don't get Folgers. Dang. The overflow of the house. Ah! The overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Only, only oh. real fans know that. <laughs> coffee still sucks. Close us out, Noah. <laughs> Dan, thanks for joining us. No we problem. are busy. This was fun. Busy, 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 but you killed it. And Amen. obviously, you just filled wisdom. So all of those that are listening, thank you. And mm-hmm. stay tuned. We have more coming out. We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more modern parables. 